This is The Crucible. The JRTC Experience. Fire mission! Fire mission! This is Joint Fires. In this series, we discuss fires, warfighting skills, and lessons learned in a decisive action training environment for large-scale combat operations at JRTC. Good afternoon. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Aaron Thomas, Fox 6, uh, the senior fire support trainer here at JRTC. And I'm joined by Lieutenant Colonel Adam Rovluski, uh, commander of 277 Field Artillery, Steel 6. Uh, so, Adam, welcome to JRTC. Hey, thanks for having us. Congratulations to on a successful rotation thanks. here over the last month. Uh, so, why don't you fully introduce yourself, kind of your background, and uh, where you where you're kind of at in your command? Okay. Uh, so, Adam Ropleski. I'm from um, from New Jersey originally. Um, a lot of time out of uh, Fort Hood. Most recently, there as a field grade in Third Cav Regiment, and then in First Cav. Division, uh, division artillery, and then uh, commanding now at Fort Carson in uh, Second Battalion, Seventy Seven Field Artillery, out of which is our Second Brigade's Direct Support Artillery, Organic Artillery Battalion, um, and I am just about at my end of my second year command, and I'll I'll give up command in April. All right. Well, congratulations on a successful command as well. Thanks. Uh, so coming into to JRTC. Um, it's kind of unique rotation, a full striker brigade here at JRTC, the first time we've had a full striker brigade, uh, attachments from 1st Armor Division and, you know, chemical battalion, lots of people, large AO. So can you just, just kind of describe organization of fires for the brigade and how that kind of played out for the rotation? Yeah, sure. So, you know, came in with my organic three triple seven batteries. Mm -hmm. We had a Paladin battery attached to us. Uh, uh, additionally attached to the brigade was an armor company, right? So they brought their their fist with them. Um, so there was the full complement that that we had going into the rotation. So all my guns plus another six paladins. Yeah. And, and, and a Canadian battalion. So we had to integrate allies in, into the fire system. Right. Um, some nuance in fire support planning between the Canadians and, and the way that we do it. Uh, but we also had element from 4th SFAB uh, here to support that as well. Yeah, a little, little different, and I think we, I think we did a good job yeah. of trying to ingrain them into our, our organization, how we, how we approach fire support. You mentioned there is a bit of a, a nuance there that I think just through conversation we're able to, to overcome. Um, and then you know I think we brought them into our targeting working group. We tried to bring them into, onto the team, and yeah, I think we were successful. Yeah, and I would say that uh, they felt integrated, but, you know, some friction between process. Totally. Um, and we can talk later, you know, really communications. Absolutely. is probably the number one thing that we, that we dealt with. Um, so I've been here at JRTC. This is my fifth rotation, uh, getting here this summer. And a big discussion is leading with HE. You know, Large-scale combat operations, we want to lead with HE. It's how we achieve effects at large scale. Uh, but the other dialogue when we talk about HE, leading with HE, is the difference between deep fires, and this is for a brigade combat team, and then supporting the close fight, and how do we provide close supporting fires. Uh, 
doctrine says, hey, we want to converge effects at a decisive point, uh, you know, and how are we considering all those effects uh, to be able to achieve success at that decisive point? But then there's that balance of shaping. Right. Um, how did you see that coming into the rotation and did that kind of change over time based upon experience? Um, you know, I think when you look at what the striker brigade combat team brings just organically, and we already talked about attachments, right? So we're, we're almost a glutton for, or we're, 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 we are overmatched. Uh, we can overmatch the enemy with our HE shooters, right? Whether that's the artillery that I bring mm -hmm. or it's the company 120s or the battalion 120s that all the maneuver battalions have. Um, and so the, the vast amount of shooters we have gives us some flexibility. So when you talk in terms of leading with HE, well, we can lead with 777, you know, 155 HE, um, but we also have the 120. So mm -hmm. what that frees me up to do is not to just have to focus on the closer fight to free up some maneuver space or to try and free up some maneuver space for the, battalion, the maneuver battalions, uh, but to also shape deep. And then on the contrast is there are times when those 120s just aren't enough and I can provide some even more flexibility to the maneuver battalions or obviously to the brigade uh, and shape. And that, that ability, um, I mean, it's, it was a pretty good position to be in, in that uh, we didn't have to just focus on close or deep. We were able to kind of do it all, uh, whether it's me shooting or, or the mortars yeah. themselves. And we've seen over, over rotations that a philosophy, whether it's the brigade commander or the, the FISC cord, um, the role of the artillery. And, and you know, hey, we're going to shape. We're going we're gonna to engage those forces, not in contact with our forces, so that we can create the combat, you know, the ratios to make it successful. And then the infantry battalions will, will just use their mortars. Right. Um, or it's, hey, we've got to split the close fight. So now we're not achieving those ratios. We're not tracking that through our targeting. Um, and so we're having a hard time creating overmatch right. at a decisive point. I think there's, there's a balance. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the flow of a battle, you know, I've got a three-day fight to seize Objective Subaru, right, which is our big objective here, kind of our last big deliberate attack here inside of the rotation. Uh, but there's like it takes days to get there. Sure does. Yeah, because you got to you got to fight there. Yeah. But it also takes days to get there. So managing with your targeting, understanding it, see, from this point in time, I'm shaping. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm inside of the, the brigade's deep fight, right? Short of the division CFL, right? Allowing the division to shape deep and holding them accountable through the targeting process. Um, but then at a certain point, now we've got to just really focus on that decisive point. Yeah. And, and we did, you know, going into Objective Subaru, I think we saw that really well for the brigade as we were able to synchronize obscuration, suppression for the breach, which then allowed the maneuver to quickly establish a foothold and then force the enemy to withdraw. So was that a deliberate or did it kind of just, was the decisive point kind of our focal point? Uh, after we had a bunch of friction yeah. at a time. I mean, we, uh, it did take days to get there. Um, <laughs> it felt like months, but it took days to get there. And you know, we, we knew that the enemy was gonna have obstacles in place. 
and we knew that we were going to have to breach in at least one site. Um, so we just lined everything up off of the breach and wanted to truly echelon fires. Also recognizing that the enemy is likely to defend similarly to how we would in terms of if somebody's trying to breach us, we need to bring our fires into play to back them off of, of the breach, right? So we kind of knew we were going to have to focus. There's still a counter fire fight that we're going to have to focus on. We also need to come in and be able to provide the, the closer fires through the social drill mm -hmm. to be able to support the maneuver battalion that was going to breach. Um, so it was, it was, we thought best done by assigning, you know, whatever the H hour is for breach, mm -hmm. like that's it. And then we will back off the echelon of fires. At what point we, we were turning on the mortars to support the suppression, to free up the guns, to focus on either the counter fire fight or suppressing larger elements that we knew that the our friendly force that's attacking mm -hmm. would have to face eventually. And then frankly, I know I said that we have a ton of mortars in the Stryker Brigade Combat Team, but at some point, there are things that only the triple sevens or the one five five artillery can do for you, um, at least on a larger scale, right? And whether that's just whether that's defensive positions that we targeted, um, which division helped us out with as well, uh, whether that's the obscuration smoke, um, or if it's just suppressing large areas that we template the enemy to be at, um, or um, ideally. If we can get ISR on there to, to take a look at before the friendly forces approach, then we can you know, target that as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to highlight like, obscuration. Yeah. Artillery obscuration is the obscuration we want to use as part of the SOSRA. Um, and we, we see it at live fire. You know, if we don't plan it and synchronize it, and if maneuver is not patient enough to actually let it build, then they're going to resort to less than optimal obscuration, hand smoke, right. no obscuration. We don't want to use the white phosphorus from the mortars right there at the uh, right. breach. And so we get less than optimal because it's a matter, it's a patience thing. It's understanding that, hey, if I get good triggers, I'm going to get it in time. But maneuver commanders have to understand, I have to let it get there. Uh, and, and that's where technical rehearsals and the fire support rehearsals kind of give everyone a, an understanding of how long it's actually going to take from the time you get it called, whether you, you're late on it or you're not, um, to be able to support it. I have a saying, uh, don't foul up the smoke. Um, sometimes I don't say foul, but you know, mm -hmm. we, we put a lot of emphasis in the battalion on, on the obscuration smoke, recognizing that that is a capability, again, that, that, that really only I can provide at, at such a large scale. And so we place so much emphasis on it that I will, I will put other assets at risk if necessary to be able to provide that smoke or at least have a conversation with my brigade commander about risk. Mm -hmm. um, but what we need to ensure we do is to make the most out of that time. And how much, because it is a finite, it is a finite resource that we can provide. So how do we make sure that we're using that as best as possible? And that's a conversation that we ensure that we had with um, the maneuver battalions and you know, through the fire support chains, and then also through the command chains that I had with my peers. Like, okay, 
if you're going to breach like this, I can, I can do this for you right at this moment. So make sure you get your breach there in time or else I don't, I don't have any more smoke for you. Or at the most, I can only extend it by however much time. Right. So that crosstalk with the, your peers, uh, with the maneuver battalions, uh, and then across the fire support system, how did you have that dialogue? How was that? Was it a, a face-to-face? Was it during the Cubs? Was it part of a fire sink? How are you having that dialogue? Um, you know, I think as the, as the fist cord, I spend a lot of time in brigade. And I make it my second tertiary task to be able to have conversations with my peers to either provide them insight to what another peer is doing that perhaps they're not having that crosstalk. Um, hey, the, what the brigade commander is saying to the staff, the guidance that he's giving to give them a heads up. Um, I, I make sure that that I do that and mm-hmm. I try and tie them in. I think that I'm in a unique position as the fist corps and hanging out at brigade so much that I can provide that insight to them. So it's however I can get that across. If they get pulled in for a battle rhythm event, I'm grabbing them before or after. I'm working FM. Um, we're fortunate at times to have uh, SVOIP that I can communicate to them as well, specifically if they're in their command variant striker uh, utilizing the POP, and I can just call them directly and we just have that one-to-one conversation. Um, I, I, try and, I try and do my best, and I make that, a, a like I said, it's one of the most important things that I do. And that crosstalk is absolutely key, um, you know, to be able to provide whatever they need to be successful. Yeah, that brings to the topic of, you know, FISC court. You know, what are our duties and responsibilities as the FISC court, as the senior artillery uh, commander inside of an organization? But then also, hey, we're still commanding a field artillery battalion. So there's there's functions as a commander of a battalion that you have to be able to do. A lot of dialogue goes into hey, how much time, like percentage-wise, how much time are you going to spend doing FISCOR duties or FA Battalion Commander duties? Other brigade commanders, division commanders, see it as like, hey, you you command your battalion. Right. Right? We've got FSOs to do those things. Um, From a fires community, FISCOR duties are pretty important. Um, And those that really take, do well at FISCOR duties have a tendency to see more success integrating fires across the brigade than those that just solely focus on FA battalion duties. Sure. So how did you think about balancing that? Was there a percentage wise where you thought time was, or was there a feel on your touch points between the two uh, elements? Yeah, we had a, uh, we had a senior leader, uh, third corps commander came by during the rotation. and uh, During one of my touch points, he was walking out of my my talk, right? So we, we spoke on the ground and he asked me the same question. And I, I threw a percentage out at him. Hey, you know, I, I would love to spend 60% of my time at brigade, 40% down here at the battalion. I thought that would be a, a pretty good mix. 50-50, you're never going to make that. I think 60-40 would be about right. Um, but then, you know, my, my thought evolved maybe the next day or, or two later after having that conversation. I'm like, the percentage is arbitrary. Uh, who cares? It's the quality, not the quantity. So there were times when I could sp- sprint from the brigade main to my battalion talk, you know, two kilometers away. And I may have only had 20 minutes you know, in between battle room events right before the targeting working group. Okay, I got time. 
I'm gonna sprint back and I'm gonna have 20 minutes in my talk. I can get a better feel for what, what is going on at the battalion level. And also I can provide directed guidance to make either immediate adjustments or to help with, you know, provide guidance for transitions that, that's coming next. So I don't know if we can really put a percentage on it uh, or you know, a specific amount of time one way or the other. I think it's the quality and not the quantity. And you know, you're gonna, I tend to spend more time at the brigade, but I am constantly in touch with, either through my RTO, through the different means of communication out of the brigade with the battalion and just making sure that I have a good pulse for what's going on, making sure that the guns are where I need them to be, making sure the different assets are, are aligned so we can have full synchronization where we need to, to be fully synchronized. Um, but I just think if we try and lay a percentage on the amount of time that we're supposed to spend, like we're just going to get it wrong. Yeah. There's no way to do that. And it's hard to really, one, stick to it. And it's really hard to communicate what that time actually looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know, my experience is I spend a predominant amount of my time at brigade doing FISCORD duties. Uh, and that had anything, a lot of things to do with where I thought the brigade was at versus where I thought the battalion was at. Um, and at times I probably should have done more touch points with the FA battalion. And I think as long as you can communicate, you know, the role of the commander, and I think the role of the commander applies to both FISCORD and FA battalion sure. duties. Because you understand, visualize, describe, direct, lead, and assess. And you gotta be able to do those for both, you know, for, for the fires enterprise at the brigade level, and then translating that down to the battalion. I struggle because I don't have the comms platforms to have regular touch points. So either I was doing really well communicating fire support and fires for the brigade and cross-talking with my fellow battalion commanders, but I wasn't getting touch points all the way down to the battery commanders mm -hmm. because I didn't have the comms platforms to do it. So then I'd have to take a break and then go out and visit. And so that was, that was always a, a high tension for me yeah. going through it. But command variant strikers, making sure we're fully utilizing our, our capabilities, whether it's seeing our gateway for our FM comms through pops and sneeze, that how can I extend my influence using my communication platforms? Right. And then battle rhythm events. Yes. You know, stick to your cub. That's your touch point with your staff and your commanders at the FA Battalion. Establish a fire sink and stick to that. That's your touch point with fire direction officers, battalion FSOs, the brigade fires that were synchronized for the next 24 hours. And it doesn't have to be long. You don't have to be on there for the whole meeting. Right. You have to have meaningful time to provide guidance. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the quality, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Is I, think, I think I can go have a touch point at my battalion for 20 minutes, an hour, and just make that quality time where we are just getting right to business they're getting, I'm getting the feedback that I need with their staff assessments. I'm providing guidance to them that they can go and act. And then there are times when like, I'll just be demanding and say, okay, I need all the commanders here at this time. Because you know, to your mention, you can go battlefield circulate, but well, that, that just takes a lot of time. Right. And you, know, you wanna go out and see the, the soldiers mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot to be gained by doing that. But there are times when you just need to get the team together quickly have a concise, effective meeting, and then and then move out. Like there were, you know, we kept totally the targeting working group. We're going to do the targeting working group every single day. We're going to have the right people there on the targeting working group. We're going to ensure that that happens. The battalion cub is something that has to happen, and we got to make sure that 
I'm getting the feedback that I need to be able to make the right decisions at the right time. But then also, what we don't talk about often, we talk about this role of the fist cord or as the FA battalion commander, but like you've got a lot of assets in like a battalion command sergeant major that can go out and provide a lot of that insight to you, pick up on the things that just you want him to go and answer and get those RFIs to further inform as well. Like the, you know, obviously you're not gonna get that in a battle room event, but that's the conversation where they can really tell you what is actually going on on the ground. Found it to be immensely helpful. Absolutely. Uh, command Sergeant Major's influence and ability to move across the battlefield to one, go to points of friction. Yep. Then two, get like an honest assessment of what's going on. They've yeah. got the experience, they've got the influence, right. uh, and the ability to communicate back to you because you have that relationship on like, hey, they're really meeting intent. No, they're not. This is what it is. This is what I've done to fix it. Hey, I think you need to make a touch point. Yeah. And I think this is where we're assuming some risk. So I think that needs your attention to kind of help you manage that quality time. Yeah, totally. Um, and it may be at the expense of a, of a battle room event right. if it's critical enough. Right. But you don't get that feedback if you're not properly employing your, your command sergeant yeah, major. Yeah, totally. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, speaking of the targeting working group, getting detailed guidance from the brigade commander, we had all the right uh, participants, you know, yeah. the brigade three, uh, all the participants across the, the war fighting functions um, and the effects uh, personnel. Produced target sync matrix. You guys used a, uh, a fires framework, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a, a pictorial graphic of fires, TT Lodak, you know, it's kind of like a fire support execution matrix, yeah, but a little exactly. more detailed. Yeah. Uh, and then a target list worksheet. How effective were we in having the outputs from the targeting working group generate fire support products, not just targeting products, but fire support products that then could be consolidated, refined, and then published on a routine basis? Yeah, so coming out of the targeting working group, you know, we had those products, targetless worksheet being the other one, right? Mm -hmm. Those three as the outputs from it. Um, you know, there were there were times when we performed really well there, and there were other times we struggled. We would we would turn out those three products, uh, but then from either target refinement, um, fail, failing to meet target cutoff time, um, and or a litany of other reasons that we would have to go back and and remake some of those products. We would have some version control uh, issues at times, and so to get back onto the same azimuth, um, sometimes took an effort of some significant leadership to make sure that we. Were. Um, you know, outside of that, I think the battalion FSEs found them to be useful products, um, and they were able to fight off of them. I think on the, the artillery side as well, uh, just you know, different. Obviously, the targetless worksheet mattered most to uh, to the FA battalion, and the, the FSEs were really looking for that target sync and the, the fires framework that you mentioned uh, to be able to employ. Them. You know them effectively, um, and, and you know I think mixed success. I think we're pretty comfortable with what the products are. I think there are some, as I mentioned, to make sure that we don't have a version control issue moving forward. That we have to to square away. Maybe being a little more, and this is me, right? Maybe being a little more strict on target cutoff time. Um, you know, I'm maybe I'm 
a little too willing to bend and give another battalion a little bit more time to, to refine the targets mm -hmm. that they're looking for. But I think at the end of the day, we got to be able to provide the fires when the maneuver commanders want them. And it's kind of what's paramount. Yeah. I, it, you know, we talk about target cutoff times. Yeah. yeah. One, it, it's hard to establish when that should be. But once you establish it, you know, and there has to be, if there's exceptions to it, there's deliberate decisions to have an exception to it. But if we don't stick to our target cutoff times, then we can't get a finalized product that in turn can be disseminated to the lowest level right. and then rehearsed. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. You know, if we're changing target list worksheet versions, you know, up to an hour before LD, yeah. one, we haven't rehearsed it. We haven't validated everyone's got the same target list worksheet version. We haven't validated the database is correct. Right. And, and we see it over and over again. Now my geometries are off. Someone's calling a target that you don't have, um, or we don't have a battalion's a whole infantry battalion's fire support product not getting back up the brigade. Yeah. So now they're not on the target's worksheet. Right. And so they're sitting there calling in their target numbers. You know, like, I don't have it. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. No one right. is. So now it becomes a target of opportunity. Now we're delaying fires. Now the maneuver commander's upset. Like so, discipline and process is important. And then if we deviate from that. Deliberate decision and understanding the risk associated with possibly desyncing uh, some things yeah. because it's so late, and we see that it doesn't matter what warfighting function we're talking fires, but that can be sustainment, that can be intel. If we're if we're refining the plan all the way to we're executing it, it's really hard to synchronize warfighting functions at the brigade level. Yeah, battalion level, a little bit easier. The brigade level is extremely hard on that short time. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned the target, or the technical rehearsal. Like, the most important thing that a field artillery battalion, or really a fires enterprise, mm -hmm. does is the technical rehearsal. I, I will go to my grave believing that. Um, it is the most important thing that we did during this exercise. Um, and it was what made us most successful. When we were able to execute the technical rehearsal from the observer all the way through the shooter on the primary and then the alternate means of communications for all that, we were successful. When we were unable to do that, it was much more challenging to be successful. There were times we were still successful, mm -hmm. but it was much more challenging. It took a lot more of a, of a effort to overcome the friction as opposed to when you execute a technical rehearsal. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, is it better to be lucky than good? Right. Yeah, yeah. but can we replicate it over time? Or are we going to constantly just succeed out of brute force and ignorance yep. in order to be able to provide fires and support a maneuver for the brigade combat team? Target cutoff times, known fighting products, everyone's got a discussion on what fighting products should I have? Yeah, you know, I say it's, it's a sync matrix and a target list worksheet. Like, that's absolutely what you have yep. to have. Sync, sync matrix kind of understands flow of the battle and it, it demonstrates how things are moving together. You can identify risk when things are off. And obviously, the target list worksheet's paramount because that's how you're executing all your pre-planned targets. Um, but it doesn't really matter as long as the entire enterprise is working off the same right. product. Right, right. They know what that product is, and they can rehearse off of it. If that's done, if formats can change, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Um, so whatever's comfortable with for your unit works. My recommendation is always a sync matrix, a detailed sync matrix. And a target list worksheet yeah. uh, for for fires products. Um, 
So we, we kind of talked through this. You've had the luxury of doing two CTC, two CTC rotations yes. as a battalion commander. Yes, the luxury. Um, you had the opportunity yeah. to succeed both great. of those. Yeah. Um, which, you know, for most of us would love to have those opportunities while we're in command. So the first one, National Training Center, mm -hmm. first iteration of the brigade as a striker formation. Right. Right. Uh, and then a little over a year later, towards the end of your command, another rotation, but completely different environment. Yeah, totally. Uh, so what were some of the lessons that you took out of NTC that you worked on in your training glide path for JRTC? And then what is like the big difference between the two environments? Yeah, I mean, um, NTC was our validation exercise as a striker brigade combat team. Um, and for us as a Triple Seven Battalion, no longer composite, and um, but it was also coming out of out of COVID, right? So we had to fight through um, getting back on a training glide path coming out of COVID, um, and we had been focused on the platoon level. We were going to focus up to the platoon level, and so what we saw at NTC was our platoon level tactics were were really good. Uh, I think we only had one gun destroyed by counterfire. It's also the National Training Center. Those guns could spread out a kilometer apart, mm -hmm. still maintain line of sight communications and be effective. Um, where we had struggled at NTC was with some of the higher level fire support, um, being able to put it all together cohesively, being able to lead with HE, as mm -hmm. we talked about. We weren't really able to get there. Um, Counterfire fight was one that we were in the entire time. Mm -hmm. So we took the lessons from NTC, knowing that we had JRTC, you know, uh, on the horizon a little over a year later, to be able to stay at a pretty good level at the platoon level, pretty good baseline, but then to build upon it. And so we doubled down on fire support preparation. We revamped how we execute fire support or FIST certification. And we changed our FIST cert to ensure that we added digital fires, we added uh, fire support planning aspect into it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not just doing slock top on the hill and calling for fire. Uh, we are gonna start with a plan and we're gonna build that plan from the battalion level down to the company level. Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna go execute it all the way down to the, the FIST and the individual FO level. And so we, we walked that several times. And then we literally walked it with walk and shoots with the maneuver commanders as well, because it was something that, it was a, a requirement from my brigade commander to ensure that we're leading with AG. Um, and then on the artillery side, it was not just focused at the table 12, table 11, table 12, platoon tactics, like, okay, now let's get into, and, and the tactics themselves, not just meeting the, the dot eight standards, it's let's maneuver your platoons. Okay, now we're gonna progress into, and, and we're not moving on until we get that right. Mm -hmm. And then when we're comfortable with the platoon tactics, we're gonna move on to the battery tactics. And we had multiple iterations of table 13, 14, 15. And then we had an opportunity to go through a table 18 as well in conjunction with the brigade level exercise. And so we had a concerted effort. We had a good baseline that we were able to build upon. Mm -hmm. And then it was a focus not only on what the doctrine tells us you have to do to mm -hmm. meet those different training gates, 
but also to ensure that we're pairing those standards with what tactically is a requirement. And we were able to see success that way. Um, now the environment between NTC and GRTC, right? You are, you might as well be on the other side of the world. Uh, I mean, it is completely, completely different. Um, so a lot of those tactics that we were pretty comfortable with, we had to modify for the fight that we were gonna come into and that we executed. Um, but because of our training glide path to get here, we were able to be successful. Yeah, I think uh, you know discussions about you know, the gunnery manuals, uh, .8 standards uh, for fire mission processing, occupation times, hey, those are the baseline requirements right. to, to just certify, but they can't be the certification. Uh, it, you know, tactical scenarios, how are we getting repetitions for battery commanders to do it, TLPs multiple times, issuing totally. orders, briefing orders, how are we getting the staff right. to get training in all of those, uh, even you know, table 12s on up, mm -hmm. the staff is getting multiple repetitions, uh, not just battle tracking, right. but yeah. MDMP. Uh, and it's not probably not going to be strenuous, but hey, are we validating our planning SOPs? Are we fully exercising our pace? Or, hey, we're just going to certify with our P, you know, our primary means of communication. We're comfortable with it. Yeah. But through our certification process, did we ever touch any of our other communications platforms? One, to validate that they work. But then two, hey, can, can we actually use it for fires? Uh, and we, we had a discussion throughout the rotation. Non-contiguous battlefield for mm -hmm. this rotation. Uh, AO Bear South, which is the standard Fullerton box. When normally people consider the box at JRTC. And then we had uh, AO Bear North up in the Kerthwood training area, uh, scenario-wise, celebrated by a body of water, uh, separated by a body of water. So as we take a look at that, what unique challenges did that provide for our communications? Yeah, so, I mean, that, that body of water and that distance proved to be a tremendous amount of challenge for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had to too often rely on the E in our pace and the emergency being JCR, which, you know, the timeliness of it at time, you know, the timeliness of it is questionable. Um, we would continue to try and fight towards, uh, upper TI with the capability that I was able to provide to the battery mm -hmm. that we had in the North or for them to get linked in with the maneuver battalions that were up there. But it was it was a continuous challenge with the communications. We were also able to to push forward a larger logi logistics package than I typically would with a fire and battery, um, because recognizing that sustainment may have been tenable for them just due to the the long lines of communication. So that was helpful. Mm -hmm. But then at some point you're still going to hit your resupply trigger, and you got to get more rounds and other classes of supply. Um, up to them. So, I mean, they were fully capable. That battery was fully capable of being in this non-contiguous battle space and supporting two battalions that were fighting through that northern portion of the AO. Yeah. But at the same time, it was sustaining them and being able to reliably communicate with them that we that we were challenged with throughout the exercise. Yeah. And any of the going in proposition, hey, is they got a SNE, I'll have some upper TI right. capability. Uh, I have yet to see a rotation, either I have me going through it 
with my formation or seeing it as, as a Fox 6 where we're fully, fully utilizing our sneeze and our pops yeah. to provide that beyond line of sight communications capability. Well, oftentimes we're contiguous, we're in smaller areas, the fight's pretty close. So if we're pretty good at our FM comms with retrans and we're disciplined with our antennas, we can get comms. In this case, it forced beyond line of sight communications. Yeah. We're never gonna get FM. Right. Um, and unfortunately, the SNE never really came up fully. Wow. Uh, and then that goes back to, hey, even internal to the AO, talking directly with the infantry battalion and the Canadians, which could do FM, we struggled to establish that. Um, so JBCP, uh, we're talking 30 minutes, yeah. fire missions. And, you know, and I, I offer it just as an example of fully capable battery command team, battery, yeah, doing everything they're supposed to be doing. Uh, more than capable infantry task forces with the Canadians uh, and the organic infantry task force up north. But where we fight into the P, Right. And our pace across the brigade right. to get fires up and running. And yes, we got fires, but it wasn't to the point where it's really synchronized or decisive for the fight in the Bear North. And I think that's just a good vignette on you got to fight to pee. Yeah. You got to fight to get to your higher headquarters communications plan. Yeah. yeah, we had these moments where we would get them up. And then when we got that battery in the north up, um, we were able to leverage fires in north and south in both areas of the operation, like in both north and south, right? So we can have that battery go out of Traverse, provide fires to Objective Subaru, mm -hmm. um, and then vice versa, we had guns in the south that could go north. But un unless we're fighting to the P, mm -hmm. and unless we are getting those communications up, we're unable to do that. So mm -hmm. we're what we're unable to do is provide the full force of the fires enterprise where we need it, when we need it, if we're not able to talk at the, at the echelon that we want to talk most timely. And um, when we did struggle there, it was, it was easy to see, especially on the playback for the, for the exercise because there's blue lines are just staying in those areas and they're not crisscrossing. And then you can see at the moments that we did have comms, they would crisscross and we were able to provide fires both ways. Um, well, thanks for your time. Uh, you know, I would say that for this rotation, one, the complexity, the size of it, yeah. incredibly difficult. Um, but fires did well. Um, and I owe that, you know, I think that is one to a, a disciplined, well-trained formation, uh, with lots of repetitions, yeah. um, led well by yourself. Wow, thanks. And, uh, you know, Trying to balance that FIS Court FA battalion, providing good guidance and having those touch points was key to keeping everything going. Um, you know, as we talk about AARs and the things, you know, you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna expose the things you're not doing well. Sure. Um, but I would say overall for this rotation, we were talking about some higher level, more detailed things uh, in our AARs than the simple, yeah. like, can we do a fire support right. plan? Right. Can we establish comms? Are we all on the same page? Do we all kind of generally understand the fight? Um, you know, do we have enough ammunition on hand? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a struggle, mm -hmm. but we generally, we had the ammunition when we needed it. Uh, and generally our batteries were in position where they, when they needed to be. Uh, so successful rotation. Uh, so now it's a matter of safely getting home yeah, that's and right. then, uh, you know, codifying our lessons learned in our SOPs. So 
Yeah, we got to, um, you know, hey, I, I appreciate the comments. We have to stay at a high level now, right? We saw the benefits within the battalion when we stayed at a fairly high level coming out of NTC. Between the sets and the reps, to your point, we were able to break the lazy W instead of just lining up on, get the guns online and let's knock out our tables and, and move forward, right? We were able to get into the higher level tactics, higher level tables, and be able to be successful here. We were able to focus on things like counterfire, right? Like, and we had, by all means, like, all measures rather, like we were successful with our counterfire here, both proactive and reactive. We were able to knock out the enemy's artillery systems early in the fight. And the flexibility that that provided both, you know, the fires enterprise as well as the maneuver forces to, ha to not have to worry about the enemy's artillery was a luxury that, that I don't know if we could truly measure uh, unless we didn't have that luxury and we had to fight through the enemy's fires for every, because, you know, G-Man is going to give you a hard time every mm -hmm. single step. If they're able to mass all their effects at the one point on you, you know, you're not getting far. It took us long enough to get to Subaru. Don't know if we would have been able to get there without it. Um, and, and then, you know, your, your comment about the sustainment aspect of it, like, what a unique problem set for an artillery battalion to have to worry about getting more rounds to the battalion to be able to to fire. I mean, we were able to keep a pretty high volume of fire up, um, whether we could see the enemy or not. You know, we were at sometimes it felt like we were punching with our with our eyes closed, but we kept swinging. Um, and I think what we were able to provide to the maneuver battalions was that, and the brigade was that that flexibility to allow them to to operate within. Um, but now we just got to keep it right. So now, yeah. like you know, now after the AR that we had, and I keep the leaders together, it's. All right, well, let, now let's, let's codify the SOP because, you know, show of hands, who here is satisfied? And nobody put their hands up, right? So, like, well, that's a victory in of itself. Yes, it is. But, but then we can move forward and never be satisfied and, and keep getting to a higher level. So this was an awesome learning environment for us. Um, I just, you know, I appreciate the feedback that we always got, the, you know, the, the hard criticisms that, that some, or the criticisms that at times were, were hard to hear. Um, but you gave them to us and you guys made us better. So like we are just extremely grateful of the team from not only the Fox team, but really all the OCs here just to help us to, to get better and move on. Yeah. Get ready for the next one. Well, we appreciate it. You know, we, we view ourselves as a member of your team. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as we say here, it's not about observing failure. It's coaching and teaching to success. And you guys were more than receptive to, to take our ideas and, and our feedback and try and implement it. Yeah. Right? Can't fix everything, but let's fix yeah. one or two things a day. And then by the end of the rotation, I mean, we're making huge strides. Yeah. And most importantly, leaders are learning how to fight Absolutely. in large-scale combat operations. Yeah. All right, Adam, I appreciate your time. Thanks. Congratulations on a really successful rotation. And best of luck. Safe travels home. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for joining us on The Crucible, the JRTC experience. The Joint Readiness Training Center is the premier crucible training experience. We prepare units to fight and win in the most complex environments against world-class opposing forces. We are America's leadership laboratory. Again, we'd like to thank our guests for participating. This podcast was created and produced by Mr. John Mabes. It was recorded and edited by Chief Thomas Rich and researched by First Lieutenant Anthony Cho. Intro vocals were done by Mr. Robert Chopper. Special thanks to Captain Jermaine Branch and Mr. Jeff England from Public Affairs.
Be sure to like and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest warfighting TTPs learned through the crucible that is the Joint Readiness Training Center. Follow us by going to https colon forward slash forward slash l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash j-r-t-c. We'd like to thank our partners at the Center for Army Lessons Learned of the Combined Arms Center, especially the JRTC Call Observations Detachment. Be sure to follow them on social media as well. Follow them at https colon forward slash forward slash www.army.mil forward slash C-A-L-L. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen or watch your podcasts, and be sure to stay tuned for more in the near future. The Crucible, the JRTC experience, is a product of the Joint Readiness Training Center.